Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How to Do Drugs. I am your host, Aliyah Janine, and today I have my very, very good friend, bum, 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 Miss Mona, Miss Mona Lott. Yes, M O A N A L O T T. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all in the spelling. It's all it in is, the spelling. It, it is all in the spelling. Uh, she she was never an adult performer. You could Google it. You're, you're not going to find her. Um, it was her stripper name. We used to strip together for years. We danced years, years. It was a very long time um, that we danced at the same clubs together. We also uh, we went to Mexico. Oh yeah, we, we got to ride the horses. Yeah. yeah horses on the beach that that was the first day the first day we rode horses on the beach and we got a fucking grocery bag bag in a brown paper bag and it was brown as shit it was almost red oh god remember yeah and and we were like oh this is this This is some mexican fucking brown you know dude that shit smoked Oh, we got super so like we each had our own fucking blunts. We were only, yes. we had so much weed. We didn't know what to fucking do with it. We were only there a week. We we weren't even we barely touched the bag. Mm. For how much weed? Speaking of us. bags, do you remember when we were on the ocean and like you had your hand like dangling in the water mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, you had touched a fucking jellyfish. No. You, do you, Yes, it was like was a it me or was it Christine? It was you because you're like, oh my god, it felt like a freaking paper bag. And I remember that distinctively, like throughout my life. And I talked to people about it because they're like, I wonder what a jellyfish feels like. I'm like, well, oh my, my friend talks about I don't remember that at all. Granted, I was highly we were drunk. We were, we were drinking a lot, a lot of tequila, <laughs> a lot of tequila in the sun. We went on. We went. Um, we got one of those charter boats, fishing boats. Uh, with that dude who was awesome. Yes, um, dude, yeah. we we went to Xtapa. Yeah, 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 yeah. You Remember, took he that- took us to that freaking island. We, we went mm-hmm. deep sea fishing. Mm-hmm. And then we were like trying to get the goddamn fish. And we saw all the dolphins. Remember? And I'm like, like, I saw pictures of the dolphins. I'm like, we want to go swim with the dolphins. The guy's like, don't go in there. Yeah. He's like, don't go in there. He's like, they're not your friends. He's like, everyone thinks they're friendly. He's like, no, they're not. He's like, they're hunting right now. He's like, underneath this whole herd of of dolphins is a swordfish. And he was like, they're following the swordfish to the food. And of course, I was like, no, I want to. And he was like, no, this is not the time in our place. Yeah. But we did get a bonita. We did get a bonita. Oh, we we got a lot. We we caught a couple of the bonitas, and he took us to that island in Exapa, and then uh, where they had all the baby sea turtles. Yes, do you remember the baby sea turtles? They're so precious. Oh, it made me lactate. So it made me lactate. I mean, come to my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me, little friend. And they're like, no, 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 no. They need to go to the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, it was interesting to watch the conservation efforts that they had employed there mm-hmm. in their kind of meager, and I'm not saying meager, like to like knock them, but they were using what they had. They literally and, were on that little island. Like it wasn't, yeah. people weren't living on that island. Like they, they stopped there. They cooked fish. It was like a bar. And then they had this fucking sea turtle conservatory. Yeah. It Which was, was cool. Yeah, it's cool. It was I almost forgot cool. about that. Yeah. I'm glad that, um, cause that dude also offered me because while you, while we were all horseback riding, you guys went ahead but i couldn't because of my because of your breasts (laughs) because of your fucking breasts for the first time in my life for the first time only was i ever happy to not have big boobs oh my god and so like one of the dudes had to like stay behind and and he's like malta and i was like see see malta he's like okay and then he asked he's like cook cook and i was like uh we didn't do that stuff back then you know, um, like, honestly, like, no, it not just, really, it just was not like a drug that I used at the club. Yeah, I, mean, I really I didn't even smoke cigarettes really at that point because I was still with Hakeem then and like, mm-hmm. which was great, you know, whatever. Um, But I remember that and now I'm like looking back and I'm like, God damn it. I know. We I really good. wish I would have done that. Would have. Because with as much weed as he gave us for fifty dollars, imagine how much cocaine we would have got. And you know, Dude, I smoked a, a fucking brick. Like, 
Just show him a breast. We would have gotten a fucking half a brick. <laughs> but we didn't know that. We didn't know that then. We could go back now. I mean, we're probably, I don't know if it's the same now. Do you ever talk to JD anyway? Um, I don't know. Like, I know. Do you remember John? You remember John? Yes. Um, where we're talking about some some of our former uh, strip club patrons. John. Um, <laughs> our John. Yes. The nurse. He was he was a nurse. He was yes. like a sports nurse. Yes. He DM'd me a while, like years ago on Facebook. And he and he just told me that he wanted to thank me because I helped him out tremendously, like moving out of his um, parents' basement. Cause you know, like he made all that money, but he lived in his parents' yeah. basement. Yeah. He moved out of his parents' basement and he was getting married or he was married and his first child was on the way. No kidding. Another success story. You're welcome. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. You're like making things happen. You can do it. You can do it, John. Get, Get out, out of, your of the freaking basement. basement. You can do it. Morgan that was even before millennials. Like right. that was <laughs> yeah. like Morgan is not going to marry you. Yeah, I hated Morgan. It's fine though. It's I know fine. you guys were like arch nemesis. That's I mean, it's hilarious. because it was because of Sam. Fucking Sam. Love yeah, we would fight over, we would, we would get pretty territorial over, um, our regular clients because they would oh, yeah. give us hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> every well, time how, they how saw yeah. I mean, this is like survival. This is, you know, it's all fun and games until like, I see you in the fucking VIP room with my fucking Friday regular, like oh. really bitch. And God forbid you fucking cop one of my songs. Ooh, oh, oh God. Oh. <laughs> you would get so fierce. Thank God. Um, Summer, the DJ was yes. our best friend. <laughs> so yes. he got all of the good songs. And she would shit. She would shit all over anyone's freaking dream of like maybe freaking, you know, maybe. she'd be like, mm, that's not going to happen for you tonight. Sorry. sorry, better luck next time. <laughs> she already called it. Yeah, it's, it's already on her side. And that's hilarious. We did. Um, You were part of our shroom and Thanksgiving oh, Day weekend. Yeah. Right where we yeah. all decide to take shrooms at the strip club. Yes, that was one of the most like Kelly was there. Remember Kelly? Mm-hmm. Of course we remember Kelly. Of course, Kelly. Dude, that was so much fun. Like those were the drugs that I I mean, the Molly was cool too, but I love shrooming when I was dancing. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, especially with all the fucking neon lights and everything. <laughs> oh, hell motherfucking yeah. Yeah. We would sit in that back table. So at the strip club called the show palace. <laughs> We would sit in this back corner right by, it's like right in the corner between the DJ booth and the lap dance area. We would sit in that booth and we would just trip our balls up yep. with some of our regular customers. Or sometimes we had the loser table, which was like around the corner yep. at the end yep. of the by stage. The, yeah. yeah. And that's where we would smoke weed with the manager. Until like he started doing shakedowns. Remember when Tony started doing the shakedowns? Oh, that and was hilarious. Like, Do it. And they, they did shake my fucking locker down. And then they fucking charged me five hundred fucking dollars for like two fucking bowls of fucking weed. That shit was fucking blackmail. Oh my god! Well, yeah, they would. Okay. This club would try to fine us for literally anything, like everything. if we were late, and we were independent contractors. Like <laughs> this. No, owner- oh, go ahead. Yeah, you, no, you go. I was gonna say he owned the helicopter, and he impregnated how many of the girls? Dude, dude, and remember, he also had a. Uh, were you with? when he would take his little Piper plane and he would fly us because he had two other clubs. He had one in Oshkosh mm-hmm. and he had one in uh, Urbana, Champaign-Urbana. And he would fly us. I mean, looking back, I was just like, seriously, we were voted to be another like, you know, like uh, Piper Ravens in a freaking, yeah, exactly, right? Yes, like <laughs> never at the time I was like, we're living the fucking life, you know, like we're like P. Diddy. I'm like, no, this is like, you know, bare bones plane. It's like cold mm-hmm. as hell. Once you pass the freaking cloud line, <laughs> you like know, wild sex trafficking. Oh, I, well, you know, you look back on that too, but I was like, I was so excited about it. Yeah. You know, I really was, but within the club, I definitely, I know of at least two girls that were underage that, um, triple, I think it was triple D remember, like he had those girls that all had the freaking braids and they all had the same gold like chains on and stuff like that 
difficulty maybe if i saw his face you know you you might have you would he would be see the dude that bought me a coach purse and is like hey you want to like come hang out with us yeah i was like no i'll take the purse though i still have it it's a great purse (laughs) yeah yeah he thought he was going to get me with a coach purse i was like Mm. that's no (laughs) coach seriously one of my favorite stories from triple d and his girls was um so there was the underage girl and she was not like apparently like up to par she was doing something i imagine she probably was like not getting all the money up so at the end of the night there was a girl who had come in from the outside and um she had this freaking it was a fucking meat package it was a frozen pack of meat with white paper over it and she freaking caught that girl on the way out and whooped her fucking ass with a pack of frozen meat a pack of frozen meat (laughs) it's three o'clock in the morning this girl pulls a freaking package of frozen meats out of a huge bag out of a a huge duffel bag and just proceeds to just pulls out this girl's Yes, yes, exactly. A Actually, rack I of think lamb. <laughs> shoulder, pork shoulder. Something Freaking with the bones of the ground. Side of beef. It was, I mean, and of course, like no one was freaking there when it was happening. Of course. I mean, I saw it. You know, I was just like more just waiting for you to fucking come from to fucking pick pick me up. You know, because you're probably still getting ready and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you were always the driver. I was always the driver. You're I was always. I was an excellent driver. I'm a very good driver. <laughs> you are like, honestly, I mean, because it was a good hour and 10. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a good hour, 10 commute. We're all freaking partying the same way. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, like, as far as like drunk drivers, because I've been in lots of cars post you, girl, <laughs> you and my husband are the only people just behind the wheel because <laughs> you're a gangster, like just plain and simple. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're bringing the ship home, except hey, were you with us the night where we got hit by the car when Kelly was driving? No. I swear to God, you weren't? No. Uh-uh. It was the one There's a couple of times I hit a couple of poles, but that's just because of a slippery. You're like, I was in the club. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was one of the nights you didn't fucking pick me up. I'm, t- I'm going with Kelly. I fucking just took a bite out of my Subway sandwich. She's trying to turn, you know, get onto the highway. And she pulls the yellow. She like cranks out on a yellow and boom, I get hit. Freaking still got my freaking sandwich in my mouth. Her head hits my goddamn face. I don't have insurance. So I get to the hospital. They're like, yeah, you have a fracture in your mouth, but you know, you don't have insurance. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I I guess I'll I'll just go home. (laughs) So I have a dent in my face still from like where her head hit my jaw. Jesus Christ. No, I don't remember. Was I even working there at the time? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. But something and like you just weren't there that weekend. I did that a lot. I'd be like, I'm not going more. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a mental thing, too. Like you're like, yeah, it's a lot. You know, it depends what happened. Yeah. You're like, you know, I kind of just don't give a fuck this week and I have enough money still. So yeah, that especially in the winter time, because it's so brutal. I was like, ugh. Yeah, I hated it. It's like, oh, I wish I was a whore then. It would have made it way easier. Oh, you know, but I mean, even because my husband, he is like, it's it's kind of this like, I think in the back of his mind, he he like wants to believe that I was not a prostitute, but there's something within him that thinks that I was a prostitute. (laughs) And I was like, dude, I'm gonna tell you. And I told him this time and time again because Mm -hmm. I'd seen the whores, like you know the hoes. Mm-hmm. And you know damn well that we were making as much, if not more money than them. And I tried to explain that to them, to yeah. him. And um, even when I was a dominatrix, like way before I was a stripper, which mm-hmm. is why I became a stripper, yeah. was because of the safety issues. And the fact that at one point in one of my encounters, it was the last encounter I realized, <laughs> this okay. motherfucker really wanted to fucking come. And he wanted to fuck me and he wanted me to suck his dick. And like, I had to jack my way out of that situation. You know what I'm saying? It just mm-hmm. was what it was. We might need to edit that one out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that shit happens. Yeah, I remember we were all very anti-horror. It's like we make so much more money just teasing them with the idea. Like I had, um, you know what's fucked up? I, I don't even remember his name, but he bought me a car. He um, paid for the last of my degree. 
I remember uh, that he was, um, he was that older guy. He would just pay me to drink. All I had to do was sit there and drink. And we went and we did like, um, Super Bowl parties for him and stuff like that. It was yeah. n- nothing ever sexual ever. He would just give me thousands of dollars just to hang out with him. It's, it's like, well, dream why client. I, yeah. Why am I going to suck his dick when I could just drink? <laughs> because the minute that's the other thing that I told uh, my husband, I'm just like, the minute you give up that fantasy, you basically relinquish your right to having them like be interested in you anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. That's the clincher. You know what I mean? And if they're happy playing the game, mm-hmm. don't fucking get, you know, don't give it up. Don't give it up. Yeah. It's so <laughs> you make so much more money that way. Even when I did start escorting and stuff, like there was only certain clients that I, you know, that I would see regularly because they paid me, you know, a specific amount of money. And like, and I you're like, that's worth it. That is. Yeah. Worth and, and like, don't give me like, I've tried, like, I, you know, I worked with pimps before I've tried like other things. Like I definitely, you know, have charged like way less, especially when I first started out, you know, cause I didn't know anything. Um, but yeah, once I realized I'm like, oh, I can literally just have these two dudes who are hot and good in bed that pay me. <laughs> yeah thousands of dollars just to hang out with them. I'm like, yeah, it is all about in that business. It's definitely, um, about working smarter, not yes, not harder. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. also like, um, I guess like also just having the ability to call it and hang it up when, when you want to like, versus having to be, uh, I guess, what is that? Like, pigeonholed into having that as your profession for the rest of your life and that yeah 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 like that, that being your job that you yes. hate and that's what I told my husband like ultimately I was more willing to so like when I stopped dancing when I retired from dancing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my first real job was at a at a uh an ice cream store <laughs> and I seven dollars and seventy six and it was the most wonderful experience ever and I remember calling my mom Mm -hmm. she she just thought I was a barmaid okay (laughs) but I was like really mom I'm going to Mexico I'm going to Europe all the time I'm traveling all over the United States um like I'm putting myself through college Mm -hmm. like really a barmaid and I, I remember being like just leveling with her and being like you know I'm not a barmaid and this is what I've been doing and I really want to get out Mm-hmm. And she basically didn't want to hear it. And ultimately I wound up having to take out a bunch of loans, school loans in order to buttress that decision, which really kind of like, we still have a bone of contention because she paid for all of my sister's educations. I'm talking undergrad deg- degrees and then mm-hmm. two law degrees. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you telling yeah. me that. Yeah. Yeah. That you and pay I for all like, that. And yes. you have still paying student loans. And I'm still paying my fucking student loans. And, um, that transition was just so brutal. Um, and I, but I don't regret it and I had to go through it or else like I would still be in that life because I see people that are much older than me who are just starting only fans or, mm-hmm. you know, people who I've known who haven't really been able to branch out. So that's, and also looking at you being able to do the same thing. I mean, it's a, that's a very satisfying kind mm-hmm. of like place to be now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And to have this opportunity to look back at our lives, but without that much regret or that much angst, because we were able to protect ourselves to yeah. some degree because of yeah. our the integrity of our character and what mm-hmm. we were willing to do and not willing to do. Yeah. And, um... you know there's definitely some things, you know, that you, that, that I regret, but, but it's mostly just, um, you know, not making enough money or, you know, doing that money. Yeah. Like doing things different, like still doing the same things, just doing them more smartly, more intelligently, you know, now that I know everything, like all that money that I did made, holy shit, (laughs) (laughs) like, like that kind of stuff. But no, like I thought, I had a great, like, I loved fucking dancing. I, I dropped out of college. Well, I mean, I technically finished, but I think I have like one more class to actually get the associate's degree. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. I still finished. Cause I had extra credits. I have associate's degree. Um, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and also just by proxy of your like 
of your life's kind of like your life's work. I mean, that just kind of gives you like a master's degree and like whatever you want. You know, a lot of people like get, you know, yeah. music degrees by proxy of just how much work that they've done. Oh, I think absolutely. Snoop Dogg got some type of degree from Carnegie Hall. I'm probably <laughs> misquoting everything. I mean, yeah, but I went, I went back to dancing after like school when I decided, oh. well, OK, you weren't there that night, but it was the night. Um, it was the day that I had got my certification um, that I was certified for law enforcement uh, through school. It was like a two year, it was like every two years you have to re up it. But that was the same day that I um, got my first possession of marijuana ticket and almost got my first DUI. I was with um, Summer and Eliza. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All in the same day within 15, like a 15 hour time span. I but got this wasn't when you like beat the fuck out of the girl with the brass knuckles and got that felony charge. No, that I was never got a felony. <laughs> I never beat anyone oh, no. with brass knuckles. <laughs> Wait, don't you remember Silk? Silk. Oh, oh, that girl that I, I didn't. <laughs> okay, one, I didn't beat her up. I, I just walked her off the property in case I wanted to beat her You're right, up. like a citizen's arrest. <laughs> like, <laughs> for the fact she went with me, I was just like, oh my God. And like, you know, I can't beat up girls. Like I have this thing, you know, know. like there's some girls that are so soft. There's certain ones where I'm like, no, this is just cruel. You know what I mean? Like this yes. isn't even, like, no, this isn't, this is like me beating <laughs> right. a child or like kicking, you <laughs> yeah. know, a puppy. Like I can't fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like checking a wet paper bag. Just oh, like but were you there that night? No, that was the night. There was a night um, at the Silk and Juno where one of the <sighs> owners wanted uh, to get rid of a couple of girls. So he's like, hey, pick a fight with these chicks. And so I got wasted and Sam, the bartender, fucking asshole. This is when I was really big into panty droppers. Do you remember those shots? Panty droppers, for those who don't know, is 151 rum, a little Ooh. bit of armoretto. And well, it's supposed to be an armoretto and a little bit of 151 rum, but he made it the other way in um, Red Bull, basically. And he would just make me full on cocktails of this um little concoction and i would drink them all up there was one day he literally gave me a full fucking glass of 151 rum i didn't even know i slammed it and i was like no oh god, oh god. and i was oh. fine and that's the thing that i was like okay i drink a lot now i do that i would die i would literally die if i tried to do that um but yeah so that was the night i stood on a chair in the silk juno and dressing room and the ceiling's low so me standing on a chair my head is literally touching the ceiling and I'm like you're a whore you're a whore <laughs> you're cool you're a whore and I just started like a fight with like six girls at one time I had my brass knuckles and my pepper spray I was like all right let's fucking do it he said start a fight I'm gonna start a fight that's what he wanted start a fight. start a fight and um and then a couple of them started getting loud. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> like, I am just being the biggest fucking cunt wasted, obviously. Um, and then something had happened where someone tried to knock me off the chair and I kicked her. And then um, that's when D the DJ, my buddy Parker, comes in and basically picks me up and throws me over his shoulder. <laughs> A little bit of background about the club you're talking about. It used to be cocktails and dreams. Yes. And what was cocktails and dreams before that? But the but the the Juno's coroners and their medical uh, where they did all the autopsies. That that's where they processed all the bodies <laughs> in the basement. They still had all. They had the incinerator hole still. They had the bathtub where they bathed the bodies. <laughs> fucking idea that yes is, that gross. makes so much sense now because it's right across the street from the cop shop and i worked there when it was cocktails and dreams yeah. so oh, i knew yeah, because it, in wisconsin it's a full nude full bar strip club yes. you guys there's not a lot of those in the country this happens to be one of them and it's grandfathered in yeah, their license happens to whatever. be next to the cop shop, so you are going to get a DUI 100%. And, and cocktails yeah. and dreams, Juno, Wisconsin, is this tiny little redneck, you know, farm. It's a, it's a farming it's four community. square, it's four square feet, uh, four square miles long. Like it's just tiny, it's probably less than that. It's probably like 
a mile, like the whole thing of it, you know? So cocktails and dreams was basically just this redneck, just shitty ass fucking strip club, full nude, full bar. But girls used to make so much money there. They fucking made a ridiculous amount of money there. And then something happened. And then Silk um, from Silk Milwaukee, Silk Madison, they decided um, Juno was actually their second club. Yep, they yep. decided to buy this place because the grandfathered in full nude, full yep. alcohol. And they spent over, what was it, like almost $2 million turning this club into a Vegas style strip club in the middle of fucking a farming community. <laughs> I like to call that money laundering. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's just, that's just a very big big assumption. Big, small town girl. (laughs) And um, yeah, the the people who like to frequent that place, they were like, they couldn't wear their overalls. That smell like, these men will literally smell like manure when they came into this place. Horrifying, horrifying. The things that I had to witness, this man, I saw the smallest pink penis I'd ever seen in my life. Like, and when I turned around and I saw it coming out of his overalls, out of his overalls that were covered in filth and his hands were all like, you know, like the nails are gone and it's just like huge, like meat paws, you know, and they're shaking with excitement. And, and I turn around and like, I see the pink penis poking out. I was like, you can't have that here. You know, that's not, you know, like, I'm shocked, he's shocked. I'm shocked, which makes me realize that like th- this is like kind of a convention there. And that like, I was like, I was out of place because mm-hmm. I was like completely thrown off. But like, little did I know that apparently that that was just kind of the culture there. I didn't uh, dance there much longer after that. I realized. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple yeah. clubs that when we would like go up north and uh, work at, you know, during deer hunting season yeah. and stuff like that, where uh, there was one club where they had um, blanky time. Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, blanky time. So it's where <laughs> um, the stage was really weird. It was super small. It was just like this little box. And uh, there was no pole. And so these girls, what they would do, they would lay down their blankie and then uh, they would dance on the blankie and then guys would throw dollar bills like on the blanket. Okay. And uh, it was me and uh, Stephanie. You remember? uh, I do remember Stephanie. Yes. Yes. I'm Stephanie's great. She's opening a tattoo shop in Sheboygan. Really? Mm hmm. Yeah. manifestation yes yes uh so we're there and they're telling us all the rules and we're supposed to dance there for the weekend or whatever and uh we're getting dressed or or undressed you know we're we're getting ready (laughs) and uh the manager the dude comes in and all these girls are just mean mugging us it feels like something out of a horror movie where it's like oh we're gonna get eaten alive or something and this is and this is up where like my great-grandparents live like I have relatives up in this part of Wisconsin like Eagle River Wausau you know yeah way way up north there but I made sure that I was in a vicinity Mm -hmm. where um, I wouldn't catch an uncle because that would be awkward. Uh, <laughs> but the manager comes in and he's like, he's like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to need you girls. Uh, he's like, yeah, he, he's, he's like, we're sorry for any confusion. You know, he gave us, I think he gave us some money. What, I like mean, a freaking severance or something? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for driving all the way up there. And because, because like we sent them pictures and stuff and they're like, yeah, come on down. And we're like, okay. And uh, yeah. So I remember at that point in time, I, um, I think I may have been a little drunk, which is normal. Normal. Uh, yeah. It was very normal. Yeah. I went in the parking lot on our way out and just started. Cause you slash. might be pissed off. You might be a little fucking irritated at this point, um, you know? Well, yeah, I slashed a bunch of people's tires on the way out. Very little irritated, you know, just, just a little irritated, you know, we're going to let that resonate with them, you know? just gonna i made sure that i made sure that it was in like the employees um area wasn't just customers because with all of your past like law enforcement experience you certainly know how to figure out like what car you need to profile and which one is okay because you're on top of all of that (laughs) i'm not just gonna randomly slash people's tires no there's a method to it (laughs) and stephanie's just like fuck it because she's normally always like 
kind of stopped me from doing shit like that. I don't do stuff like that anymore. Anymore. No, no. I mean, you can't anymore because. Well, I don't drive. So it's harder to find cars. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I mean, with um, slashing tires, um, let's talk about that just for a second. Okay. I was always so like um, taken aback by how difficult, you know, you think you're just going to like, you know, get the tire. It's a little harder than you think, which Mm -hmm. made me realize that stabbing somebody would probably be more difficult than what I anticipated. Oh, no, you need a lot of strength to stab somebody. Um, Not not only just like the physical aspect, it all, you know, it depends on the type of knife you have, you know, how short the blade is, how sharp the blade is, uh, where you're stabbing the person, but it does actually take a lot of physical work to um to stab someone especially repeatedly but yeah stabbing it like you have to get it in the right area um you don't do it like on top you do it like on the side on the side more than the top yeah closer to the rim a little bit a little to the rim (laughs) (laughs) for anyone this is not telling you how to do it at all no, we're just, all. we're just talking. We're just having conversation just, and just a fun little conversation, conversation, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, um, so you live, um, you live in suburbia now you're married. How many kids do you have now? Well, I'm not legally married because I don't do contracts, you know? Yeah. Fuck I don't things. like, that's like, like <laughs> once you've been in one bad relationship, yeah, you're like, you know what? If I need to exit stage left, <laughs> I don't need any government. Well, look at Goldie uh, Hawn and Kurt Russell. They never been married and they're still together. I think that's the key to it. Don't add paperwork to it. Why are you adding paperwork to it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then you add kids to it and then you're like, <laughs> so yeah, I do have, I do have two kids. I have, um, my oldest is 14. She is, she got the dude, look, look at this. <laughs> Like, Sorry, her, you guys can't look at it, like, but I get her you. swimming suit, like cups, like you could put cereal and milk and have a whole cup of like and eat like a whole <laughs> cereal she's got out bigger of her boobs than you. Oh, she's a D. Like she's a D <laughs> going out. Like, like. So we were going swimming shoot shopping uh, two days ago, and I was like talking to her about tops and stuff, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, blah. blah. She's like, well, she's like, you never had this problem, did you, mom? Oh, and I'm, I was like, no, it's totally fine. And I told her, I'm like, if I had gotten your body, you probably would not even be here. And I was like, <laughs> I would because I would have been so irresponsible with my form. Like I would never have ever like needed, because this is the thing, you know, as a dancer, I always like, I had a really like good athletic body. Oh, your body me- phenomenally like your butt, like you had the perfect fucking bubble butt, like Hold the on. perfect ass. Hold on. Can you see it? Can no. You- wait. 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 It's still oh, yeah. No, it's still perfect. Oh my God. Sorry, you guys, you I- can't see it, but she has like the perfect ass. I've, I've, I've really- always loved your little titties because you had like the long nipples. You have like your body was yeah. very like you have a great body because it's very proportionate to like your shape and stuff. However, I do know that like, and this was like the whole thing about like, what was I really going to do? Cause it's like either you get boobs and you go fucking full force forward. Cause mm-hmm. once you get the boobs, I feel like that changes everything. It changes who you're going to attract. It changes like so much about mm-hmm. like, and also like the whole like surgery aspect of it. Like, you know, God forbid, like you get one of those fucking wonked out. I, the only good boob job that I'd ever seen was that one girl. I think her name was Jip. No, it wasn't Jess. She, I, I do no, remember. Jasmine had real boobs. This, she was like, uh, Paige. Her name Paige. was Paige. She was a complete alcoholic. She was from Chicagoland. She was blind. Oh, wait, she had a uh, breast cancer, right? That was a different one. Oh, that was a different that one. Was the one. She had her nipple put onto her ankle and so like to save her nipple. Yeah. Yes. Yup. And then they put it back on after uh, they, they uh, got the, I think her boobs were like rotting or something. So. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. I, I remember yeah. the woman who had breast cancer and she had, it was like the, they called it the gummy bears. Like when it first came yep. out or whatever, and yep. her boobs felt super super real and 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 like from far away you couldn't tell but yeah she had um they had taken um like the inside of her uh, labia for the nipple skin 
like, like they grafted some because it has like you know how it's yep, bumpy. Yep, yep. So yeah, so I was like, oh, it does actually look like until like you look up, you couldn't really tell that um that yeah that was part of her labia on her nipple. <laughs> That was her nipple. Was her labia? I guess. Yeah. Those around. Um, <laughs> like yeah. She she she's an amazing human. And then I have my son. He is eight. Who's another hilarious, amazing human being. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess. I mean, at this point, I'm like, there's so much that I do want to say, but I'm also like, I think like, I'm just gonna like have to like cap kind of like that experience like for maybe another like podcast okay about like (laughs) other things you know what I mean that like makes sense but I mean I know like becoming a mom was probably one of the strangest experiences of my life only because I feel like I wanted it on my terms like Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a child on my terms and like and I I feel like while I didn't necessarily have that ability, I feel like that everything I've done, given my circumstances, I'm really proud of. I yeah. really, I really am. I'm proud, proud of you. Of my children, I'm proud of where we are as a family because it's, it's more, um, it's more gratifying than, than, like for me, the alternative would have been, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many times that like, it's very hard. Like I've given up my autonomy to Mm -hmm. basically put the wind beneath the wings of these people, these little people. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what I had to learn through therapy, because I was in therapy for about five years after I had, and I went Mm -hmm. to therapy with her. Mm-hmm. was learning how to be present as a parent and it, being accountable for like the parts of myself that resisted that mm-hmm. and calling them out and and basically healing those things so I could become a parent instead of being a child which ultimately in the beginning of being a mom like that's kind of like where I was at and that was the proxy of my childhood and also the trauma of a lot of those like um, relationships that I'd had, including the one with my oldest daughter's father. Yeah, that one was. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> this, this this year, he um, so was in some pretty deep therapy, and I got this phone call from her therapist, mm-hmm. and her dad had shown up at this therapy center. Yes. And he's still allowed to see her. So yeah, he had moved here and had advocated for 50 50. And because he had moved here, he had a job, he had an apartment. He was given 50 50. And, um, so there had been some issues with kind of like trans, transitioning I mean it was like 11 years with us and then all of a sudden she's like back 50 50 with her dad so mm-hmm. we kind of like just got her you know kept her in the therapy but ultimately what happened was he he is schizoaffective and he yeah he um was threatening to kill us we had to like leave our house they had a special team that had to go and basically he was all holed up in the basement of this huge apartment building with over 150 people in it. He had guns. He was threatening to kill us, kill himself. Yeah. And so they had this whole task force of people. We were working for over 48 hours to get him to, um, what would you say? Like, like Come allow him, like, down. What, yep. Yep. And then he was hospitalized and um, he has not seen her since November. Good. I have full custody of her now. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking like that's the rest of that story. He, and it really ticks me off because the court system had believed him. That- he told them that I was a crazy one, that I was the drug addict, that I had all these problems and they literally believed him, even though he molested her. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was literally 
she did go back in therapy and that was retroactively confirmed like that was. Yeah. And it was so frustrating to have that experience. And as I like, I, you know, I'm very curious about those cases now. So I follow them mm-hmm. and I am not the only one, like this is literally a, an epidemic. And um, so I'm just happy at the end of the day that I got the final, like I got the last laugh. Right. I wasn't, I, I mean, granted, I'm not crazy. Was, yeah. But at the sacrifice of her sanity, mm-hmm. how much money? Over $250,000. My parents did spend. They did spend that to basically like try to get, you know, like he had like very little custody for the first 10 years of her life. You know well, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. For and obvious reasons. <laughs> but just defending who I was mm-hmm. doing crazy drug tests. They like did my hair. They did follicle tests. But you weren't, um, but you never really. No, did, no. Like, like we partied. Weed. But, smoked but, weed. Yeah. You smoked weed and drank a lot and did shrooms. I, I remember we did coke a couple of times, but you were never like, you were never no. like the rest of us. You were always the grown up. You're always the most responsible one out of us. That is really hilarious. Like, <laughs> that's so sweet you're like do you need more be like yeah (laughs) that's hilarious that's hilarious um and ultimately like not developing my career like because at the point like I was in Mexico pregnant I was six months pregnant I'd gotten this grant to study H5N1 to really kind of find out like is the source of it in endemic bird populations are they in migratory bird populations And like, I really, really was working so hard on developing this kind of theory um, to figure out where H5N1 was originated from. Mm -hmm. And like having to basically, because I had to leave Mark, I was with him at that point. And once I left him, that was it. Like I had to give up my career. And you know, it's crazy when I graduated, I couldn't find a job, I had to go on welfare. Yeah, I remember you telling uh, yep. me that. My first job that I was given was at the DMV. Mm. And I was making $3 an hour. What? $3 an hour, yep. And um, ultimately, that's where I met the first day of work. I oh. met him and I failed him on his motorcycle test. <laughs> and of course you did. I did. And I went on break. And when I came back, I saw him still sitting in the chairs and he swings around and he's like, you're so beautiful. He's like, if you're not doing anything this weekend, like, I'd love to take you out. And of course, like, I'd been celibate for probably seven months. Like, I was just like, not trusting myself at all. And I called my sister. I was like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, she's like, if, if he didn't like beat you up, and you like failed him on a motorcycle test in front of his best friend. She's like, chances are he's probably going to be okay. Yeah. And 11 <laughs> years later, literally almost to the day, you know, I'm still with him. And like, it, it's all kind of worked its way out. And they did offer me a job there. And I worked there for six months um, and I was being paid. And then I like tried for a real job there and I can see why I didn't get it because I'm not detail oriented. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not. And so after that, like yeah. uh, cable company and they like, I was taking phone calls and they had me like tethered to this like machine. So I'm like Stuart from like, remember like SNL, like mm-hmm. I'm Stuart and I like drawings and he's like, <laughs> like attached to like the jungle gym and like Mike Myers character, you know, and he's like attached to the jungle gym. <laughs> And that shit just wasn't going to work for me. So like, yeah. I was like, Hey, you know, do you want to just like, maybe do your own thing? And that's when I stopped working. That's, that's when I found out I was pregnant with. Mm-hmm. And I remember before I even told him, I was like, I made an appointment at the clinic. I was like, I got this shit covered because he didn't want kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was on birth control. I, oh, I was, is that the no, worst? dude and I had like this whole alarm system like so I'd be like at work and my anti-baby alarm would come up and I'd like take my pill everyone in my aisle knew about it yeah and um so I was just because he had told me you know just like two days before that we were like we had agreed we didn't want kids we're fine with Mm -hmm. and um I was 
I was just, he's like, where's your period? And I was like, where is my period? <laughs> I got the test. I took, and then I called him and I'm like, you know, listen, I'm like, I am, I am pregnant. I'm like, but you don't have to worry about it. You know, I'm like, he, I've got an appointment and he like rushes home and, um, he's like, he's like, no, you know, I really, I, he's like, what, what, what's the end result of me saying, take that appointment. He's like, our relationship's going to be done. He's like, I really like you. I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm not willing to just like throw this away. And I was just like, God damn it. I was like, fuck. I'm like, God damn it. I didn't get stretch marks with men with my first one. I didn't like tear. I was just like, God damn it. I'm like, I've been doing Kegels for years. Like, <laughs> like, olive oil on my skin. I just got my six pack. I, I wait, I gained 80 pounds with my first well, yeah because you had a baby yeah. and I loved um I loved hamburgers and I also loved Breyer's ice cream um <laughs> so I was just so shocked I was so thrown off but I was also like really kind of excited because for the first time in my life like the life that I had created someone else actually wanted yeah and that I could not deny I couldn't deny someone that experience yeah. And I also couldn't deny myself that experience because of the pregnancy that I'd had, and you know, with my first, mm -hmm. which was very, very traumatizing. Yeah. Um, more traumatic. Yeah. So that was a really um, healing, healing experience. And I, and I'm glad I did it. Although like, it is again, like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get my career back on track, yeah. but again, you know, it's fine. It's just, it's, a lesson in patience. It's a lesson in becoming selfless and also like defying that fire within myself. That's like, I have, you know, I, I want to do this and I've been robbed of this experience. Like ultimately you're just a, given another experience. Exactly. And, um, I would have to say that a lot of my addiction would had, it stems from the, very crappy relationship that I had with my mom. Oh yeah, your mom is a piece of work. <laughs> yeah, and by piece of work we mean piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I actually I oh. cut my mom off a couple weeks ago. I'm like, no, we're not. I'm not talking to you for a while. I've done it a couple of times. I made her go to therapy. You have any idea how hard it was to get a fucking boomer to go to therapy? <laughs> Finally got her to go to therapy. Therapy is going great. She's like, they're bringing up so much stuff that I like, I thought I was done. I'm like, no, mom, you have never been done never. with any of it. You just bury it deep and think you move on. You haven't moved on. You want to know why you haven't moved on? Because you put it all on me. <laughs> Thank yep. you, lady. Yep. Thank you. Please recognize this. She's like, oh, I was a horrible mother. And I'm like, listen, I'm not denying that. And I'm not going to I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat shit for you. Like, just stop. Like, be, and but, be accountable. That's one way that you can make reparations. Just be accountable. Yes. That's and all that's I need I, from you. I did the therapy with mm -hmm. because I, as difficult and horrifying as that experience was, mm -hmm. I also realized now that, like, I was accountable can ask me for anything she can call me out on anything mm -hmm. and I will absolutely be 100% with her I'm not yeah. going to be my mom I'm not gonna also be a child put my crap on her mm -hmm. make her accountable for my um uh weaknesses mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and owning them oh and my that's God, will you adopt me I would love to adopt you. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Like I love just so Connor, you now have a 43 year old daughter. <laughs> Can you believe I'll be fucking 40. I, I'll be 44 this year. I'll be 40. We're the same. Yeah. I'll be 44 in November. But I'm always older than you, bitch. <laughs> what? Cause your birthday's in October, right? September 3rd. And you're September 3rd or October 3rd? You're November. September 3rd. September 3rd. You, yes. But you're November mm -hmm. 13th. 12th. I was close. I was yeah, close. Yeah, way closer than me. I'm horrible with that shit. Yeah, I was born the same day as Charles Manson. That's always. Hang your hat on that one. <laughs> and and uh and Tanya Harding. 
Well, yeah. you know, that one, she's an interesting one. She's I like, I love the movie. I love the movie. I thought that movie was great. I, Tanya, Alice and Janie, that's my doppelganger. That's my celebrity doppelganger. Mm. I've been told. Hold on. Send me a picture of her. Alice and Janie. All right. I'll text you one. Um, so have you had, since your daughter's 14, have you, uh, have you had the conversation like about drugs at all yet? Okay. So this is interesting. So obviously like we grow. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, like last year, she's all like, what are these pants growing over here? She's like, I think I've seen them in like school. And I was like, yeah, they're herbs. She's like, they're not herbs. I was like, here's the deal. I'm like, you know exactly what it is. I'm like, just know that we're just growing them. And that's one of your dad's hobbies. And she was like, okay. So the other probably like a couple of weeks ago, she's like, something smells funny in your room, mom. I was like, yeah. She's like, I didn't know what it is. And I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. So it's like, she knows exactly what's up. Mm -hmm. So really like it's it's just she's like I don't really know about these things I'm like you know really I was like I don't I'm not ready for this conversation at all. <laughs> like I'm just not like I'm mm -hmm. not because what I really like my main thing with my kids is like for them to see like even if I have drinks at night or say that I stay up really late and, mm -hmm. or like I smoke weed that no matter what I'm doing, I get up and I do exactly what I need to do every single day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the most important thing is like, even though I'm like doing what I'm doing, like I'm on top of my square. Um, and that's kind of like the thing that I want to evoke so that when I do have the conversation with them, that they have a conception of like, what is acceptable and like where there's like an issue and where it's a problematic kind of like thing. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a weird slippery slope. <laughs> it really is because her herself, she is, she is completely dissimilar than me. By the time I was her age, I'd already had my first drink. I'd seen a penis. I might've licked it. Uh, <laughs> I smoked yeah. weed. I yeah, 14, 15 was, was when I like started smoking cigarettes, started yeah, yeah. weed. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. The age that's the age you normally start at least in Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And she is just the antithesis of that person. I mean, for example, like for Christmas, she's like, would you get me a loom so I can make scarves and socks for you guys? She's like, and I don't want acrylic um, yarn. She's like, I'd like some wool yarn. You know, she's like an 80 year old in a freaking like, and she, she wears like turtlenecks, like all year long. Like she has a beautiful body and like, literally she only dresses in boys clothes. It's the most relieving thing in the entire world. It's really, and she's like, I have, she's like, I have no desire to have a relationship with anybody until after I go to high school. She's like, inevitably anything that I start is going to end up in ruination because of the fact that we aren't really like where we're going to be at in life. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're so much more perceptive like than me. I mean, I had like my first boyfriend in second grade. I, I, mean, I, two -timing. I was two-timing Matt Borean with, with Eric Reno and Chris Foddy was my freaking side piece. You know? So, well, she has your smarts, that's for sure. She's just using them in different ways. In, in, in different ways and also like articulates things. And I imagine because of the experience with her father, mm -hmm. like articulates kind of like what's safe and what's not in a different way that I did. Because for me, I mean, I don't have fear of anything. And that's probably like what kept me alive, but mm -hmm. also like what kind of like was always, and I, I imagine you're kind of the same way. Like we're very bold. We're mm -hmm. boldly going to go into any situation courageously and almost with blinders. I'm like, I don't think of things as dangerous. I don't think of things as anything, but where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she doesn't think about things like that, which is great. And ultimately the difference is the fact that no matter what I did, my parents never gave a shit. Yeah. They didn't care. They didn't care 
where I was. I had overdose on alcohol. I was passed out unconscious on, on the floor of our garage. My mom starts kicking me and dumping water on my face. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking yeah. back, like, that was my daughter. The first thing I do is take her to the hospital and make sure she's okay. So she's okay. Yeah. 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 My mom was kind of the same way. I mean, it helped that my mom was a nurse. So anything medical wise, she'd be like, you're not dying. It's well, fine. she'd like feel your freaking pulse with her fucking toe as you're laying on the ground. And then like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, like put a glass yeah, of water. Well, well, you're, to- you're more present in her life and you're there and you're accountable. Like you just said, so that, uh, that drastically affects how a child acts. <laughs> So in my shock, the whole crux with like what I wanted to make my mission statement of this podcast was Mm -hmm. love your children because they know when you don't and it affects them so deeply to the core that it affects every single facet of their who, who their they're going to be who yes. they're going to be and being. the experience of who they are to other people as mm-hmm. well because if you don't teach someone love they don't know how to be loving even if they feel like they're being loving mm-hmm. you know and or the be other love yeah they don't know yeah. even how to accept love that's my thing <laughs> yeah let me sabotage this one right away like, oh, i'm real good like i will <laughs> Make yeah. you hate me. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. I will do the most insane thing to make you fucking hate me. Let me I've... just unzip this whole. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> do and... you think? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Say it now. Ask. Me. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, do you think you'll tell your kids about any of your experiences with drugs? I as, as like a learning yeah. tool. Yes, I will. Like I it's time and place. Yeah. It's time and place. You know, this was one thing that I, you know, my daughter had gotten to um, one of the things that she does for a coping mechanism with anxiety is cutting. And she and I like have come to the place now where if she feels like we have a contract that we have, we signed it together Mm -hmm. and she comes to me when she's got that buildup. And we've got the breathing, we've got the, you know, we do the sense of smell, taste, touch, incorporate all of these kind of things to reassociate ourselves into our bodies. Um, And I'd wanted to tell that I had been a cutter as well. Mm -hmm. But I ultimately realized that sharing that with her would be something that might make her feel like camaraderie or more comfortable doing it. So I will not share that with her maybe until, like, probably like, her 20s yeah until she's yep. older or whatever. yep and I see that that phase has passed and that these other coping mechanisms have kind of like um like become part of her core person you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah. and even yeah. with like dancing like I want to tell them that stuff too but I'm yeah. like there's a time and place time and place <laughs> time and time and place, place. <laughs> i love it well thank you so much for coming on i miss you so much i miss you too thank you for having me this has been so fun it's been i'm like i get to talk to my old friend we get to have some beers i mean i got to have some beers and, yes <laughs> but it's just so great there's nothing like talking to you i'm so comfortable with you like, and as like time has passed, I realized how important that our bonds are. And as I've tried to like endeavor in other friendships and like start friendships or just like have something to do with somebody else. I'm like, these motherfuckers do not know who I am. Yeah, so it's right. really nice to be able to like have this judgment free zone for us to like converse and reconnect and also just share kind of just things with whoever's going to like be listening to this podcast yeah so, um, I think thank um, you I think the listeners are um I think they're gonna like this one. Oh, I'm so <laughs> quite good <laughs> right so it was great you know I, I feel All like right. you oh, give well, me like uh, a, a wet cloth and I wipe myself down or something <laughs> cleanse yourself leave the money at the freaking corner of the table like, in the a white envelope I bless you you yep, know um, sage me <laughs> I have some sage over there. Uh, well, just, you guys, uh, you can find this wonderful podcast, How to Do Drugs, on Twitter and Instagram at How to Do Drugs Pod. Uh, please rate and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, all the places you find podcasts. Also, 
um, YouTube. You can find me, the Aaliyah Janine on Twitter, Aaliyah.Janine on Instagram. If I'm not being shadow banned, who the fuck knows? And Aaliyah Janine. You don't find me nowhere except... (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. She doesn't even, she even got off Facebook. Oh yeah, you can't find me anywhere. You can't find, you can't find Miss Mona Lots nowhere. Nowhere. And this is my, this is always my, my, my phrase. Coin this one. Don't do anybody I wouldn't do. (laughs) Bye. I love you. Ciao.